I left feeling powerful, potent, and incredibly alive. I felt like I owned the city. Nothing and no one could get in my way. I am suffering the man flu. I've come down with it today, unfortunately, but oh. this afternoon, so I'm doped up on an MSIP for this. Okay, right, we'll go then. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast. I am Cammy Black, and I'm joined this episode by John Anderson. Hi, hi. And Brody Smithers. Hello. Uh, if you're listening to this, you'll already know you can listen to us on Audio Boom, uh, Acast, TuneIn, and we're now on Spotify because I think that's where all the kids go to listen to these things these days. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcasts, and you can leave us a review there, just like JP0747553. Uh, and he said, I've been listening since the start and it has not improved at all. In fact, compared to the increasing number of other rugby podcasts, it just gets worse. The production value is terrible, and there's just zero sense of joy in listening to this. I'm convinced these guys are paid to damage Scottish rugby. It's like listening to a trio of miserable old gits in a rugby stand complaining about how awful everything is. Go and listen to the Thistle Rugby Pod for your Scottish rugby chat. They are more informed, more entertaining, and even their most negative seem to actually enjoy rugby. So uh, if you're still listening after that, uh, do get in touch. Uh, leave us your comments, leave us your reviews. You can go to the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Visit Facebook, facebook.com slash scottishrugbyblog. I've now written that down so I don't have to remember it. Uh, and I'm on Twitter, at scottrugbyblog, and I'm at Cammy Black. John and uh, Brody, are you wanting to divulge your social media names? If people want to bother you. Um, I've gone a bit Amish on social media. I'm not doing it anymore. Okay, that's fine. John, are you? Are you? Are you you've got the Scottish Rugby Forum on um, Facebook, aren't you? You're, you're semi in yeah, charge of yeah. that. Semi, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, co-founder of that. So yeah, there's uh, plenty, plenty of chat on there as well. So if you're not on there, come on, come um, jump on. Very good. Uh, we've also got this newfangled thing. Have you heard about this, guys? This thing called email. Ooh, sounds sounds complicated. I, I'm just a simple boy from the borders. Yeah, well, yeah, pa- <laughs> apparently it's 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 what all the kids are doing. So we we now have one. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with us, um, I guess privately, um, if you don't want anybody else to see things on Twitter or the like, uh, you can email podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, it's carrier pigeons or something. I don't know. Uh, don't know if it'll catch on, but there we go. Um, we are going to get straight on now and do this. Well, we're looking. Yeah, uh, we're starting this week with Where's Dougie Donnelly, our news and rumours section of the blog. Uh, big news this week is that we're now on the mailing list for the Nigerian Rugby Union, so we'll do our best to keep up to date with the latest happenings in Nigerian rugby. Um, Rory uh, assures me it's not a, a scam from a Nigerian prince, but um, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, the next bit of news, um, Brody and John, is the announcement this week that Scotland will play Wales in the autumn in the inaugural Doddy Weir Cup. Uh, the game's going to be played at the Principality Stadium on the 3rd of November before Scotland's other three games against Fiji, South Africa and Argentina. Um, John, what are your thoughts on this? Good idea? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I like it, actually. And I mean, obviously, the, the charity aspect is very positive. However, I think there's, there's a concern that we haven't... The, the details haven't been divulged fully in terms of the financial arrangements. And obviously, this fourth test outside the window is... Uh, as, as Wales is um, go-to funding <laughs> stream just now, so I don't know how it's going to pan out with that, and whether there's been a, um, a, a reciprocal measure put in place for maybe the following year. Um, but I think all things considered, I think uh, our boy Dodson's um, been fairly sensible with the finances, so I think I think we should be okay. And Brody, I mean, are we likely to see? Is it, I mean, is it this going to be a meaningful fixture? Um, that people are going to want to watch because I mean T- Gregor Townsend's already talking like it's going to be uh, a development game. He, you know, th- you're not going to have the guys from England and France turning up. It's going to be anyone from the Pro 14 that isn't injured. Um, any chance for fringe professional players to get a game is uh, going to be welcome. But I just kind of question the 
the like John, I question the finances of this. It's kind of you know, on one hand, it's for for Doddy and it's you know motor neuron disease, and that's great. On the other hand, you've got the Welsh Union saying you know this is how we're going to fund our regional game. I mean, is it is it one game too many? Do we need a fourth test, Brody? Then I'm not sure that we do, to be honest. Um, I mean, look, rugby's great. We all love watching it and you know indeed playing it, but it takes a toll on these guys and. I don't know, you know. Um, if I can see it as a development thing, then great, yeah, I'd welcome that. But I kind of get the feeling it's going to be televised, it's going to be a full stadium, it's going to be a big deal, and, you know, fans are going to expect top players on the pitch. John, do you think, I mean, is this going to be a meaningful fixture that, or is it one game too many in a crowded calendar? I think for sure it's one game too many, absolutely. Um, Teco Brody's point there, um the pressures on the players now you look at even the club game every fixture now is becoming closer and closer to test uh, intensity and as such these guys are playing a hell of a lot of rugby even even in Scotland when the boys are managed um, quite well, very well in fact the guys are playing more and more rugby so no it is a game too far um, as to whether it will be a, a, a meaningful fixture um, that remains to be seen and I think Wales have Wales have got previous on putting out very decent sides for this extra test, and I think we will have to we we will not have the negotiations in place in terms of contracts with those outsides of of Scotland. So it will just be a case of the the Glasgow and Edinburgh select. I mean, you wonder if something like a Doddy Wake Cup, whether it would have been better, Brody, to have you know someone like the Barbarians come up and play at Murrayfield for that date. Absolutely, yeah. Um, or indeed at Melrose, or you know, somewhere that felt a little bit closer to to Doddy and, and where he is. You know, um, I wonder if this will be a cap international. I wonder if they'll actually hand out caps for this. Have they said anything? Um, I think it's going to be a cap international. It's out. It's outside the window. I don't think it has to be inside the window for it to be capped, but it is outside the international window. Um, I mean, the Townsend quote in the press release pretty much says it's great to have another game to blood players before 2019 in the World Cup because it's you know we're running out of time now in terms of games and uh, before uh, next next autumn already. God, it seemed that long ago since the last one. But yeah, I, 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 it sounds like for the moment that like it's going to be a cap international. But uh, I mean, do these sorts of games devalue the international caps? Do you think, John? Um, no. I don't think so. Um, I think there's there is room for all types of games. And I mean, if we if we say games like this devalue the international calendar, then you know it starts. To, it's not much of a stretch to go to a game against a Romania or a, a you know a tier two and a half uh, nation uh, as being a devaluation devaluation of the international calendar as well. Um, I think it's two two proud countries who put out players who. You know they're they're going to want to win, and as you say, I think there'll be caps at stake, and also we need you know ranking points. Even though it's not really a, an issue in terms of the World Cup seedings, it's always a consideration. So um, yeah, I think it'll, it'll still be a full-blooded international. I don't actually think it counts for ranking points because it's outside the window. I think only inside games inside the yeah. international window count, don't they? Is that right? I think so because I don't think uh, otherwise. I don't think that Wales, the last fourth Wales game, count counted. Does anybody know mm. for sure? Am I making that up? I'm just going to Google it, to be honest. <laughs> you get on with Google it. Me and Brody will carry on moaning about this. Brody, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got to be worried for the light if you're a Glasgow or an Embra fan, though. I mean, you know, you lose players during that window anyway, and here's another international where you can only pick from Pro 14 teams because you know the French and English teams aren't going to let the players go. So it. You are going to be worried, I guess, as a Glasgow Ember fan, that this is going to take players away at quite a vital time in the season in the run-up to sort of European competition. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I have a bit of a problem with friendlies anyway, because in the sport of rugby union, you either go for it or you don't, you know. And there's no real sort of like a half-measured scrag-tackle kind of run-around as... It's pointless. It really is. It's pointless as a spectacle, and aside from the players getting a bit of a blowout, it's pointless there. And it's exactly the sort of game that people will get injured in as well. Just really stupid injuries. How are you getting on with Google, John? Uh, it doesn't seem conclusive. 
I've not seen. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to see if the if there was a shift in rankings where, uh, last year when when Wales played, but I, I genuinely can't can't tell. That's so, fine. I'll so, tell you what. I'll so, stick it. I'll stick it on as a podcast extra at the end. If I if I uh, if I can find out, we'll put it on at the end. Cool. So listen listen for after the theme tune in. If I found out, I'll. Uh, I'll give the answer. Uh, the next bit of news we've got is that, um, as predicted by you, Brody, in the Christmas pod, uh, only seven expressions of interest for the new Super Six format next year. The, um, it's not looking so good for the Mark Dodson's big uh, marquee um, new way forward. It's not, no. And I think what's really worrying about this, well, from an SRU point of view, is that expressing interest is very different to applying for a franchise. Yeah. So actually, seven expressions of interest, you know, that does not look good for having full six franchisees. Franchisees? Yeah, franchisees. 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 Um, You wonder, almost, even if you had six solid expressions of interest and all six went forward, what happens when one of those fails which inevitably one will because it's it's new and um you know getting to grips with running a semi-professional team it's not like we've got anything comparable at the moment that you can just get guys in to run it so you wonder without having sufficient people knocking on the door just below um even if the competition gets up and running it's unlikely to go for long john or do you do you think this is early days and we're maybe being a bit too judgmental yeah, I, th- I think it, what was interesting for me is, as you guys say, it's interesting that there's seven expression of interest. That's that's not great. And uh, what was really telling for me was when this was first announced, the the fans of the club scene and various, you know, various people within the club game. There was a lot of chatter, and a, it, there was almost it was almost an expectation that there was there was going to be far too much interest, and it was going to come down to, you know, uh, rivals are going to be picked, and it's going to be exclusions are going to be made, and that's not really came to pass. Um, but I think we have to, we have to applaud that this is, this is something different. You're, you're, we're not seeing, we've never seen this in Scottish rugby, and it's something new and something different. And the actual investment that's been made, in comparison to what has been spent elsewhere, is is fairly, I'm not going to say minimal, but it's not a large sum of money, initially. Um, so I think we just need to take our time and just see how it progresses. Is is plan B then, Brody, what you were suggesting before Christmas, that you just have, say, well, let's go semi-pro in the Prem and but get rid of relegation and promotion unless teams want to drop down? I, I don't know. I wouldn't profess to have all the answers, but I think something needs to be done. I agree with the SRU on that fact. Um, as I said before Christmas, I don't think this is it. But what occurs to me is that is this potentially a testing ground for a third pro team? Mm. You know, it's you can put these franchises out, you can see the, the applications, and then let's say you've got three particularly strong ones that are geographically linked, well then, you know, there's an option there for a third pro team. You would have thought the third pro team would be Aberdeen-based at this stage, given there's money there, and there's, there's, I mean, I think even Aberdeen, Aberdeen Asset Management have come in the past say they'd be willing to bankroll one to a certain extent. So you what, and you've got probably a, a more more of a catchment, I guess, in terms of population up in Aberdeen compared to say somewhere like the Borders. It's a lot more sparsely populated. That you might act, and, and, and you just had Petodri redeveloped as well. So I wonder whether that's the next. You, maybe you're right, but maybe that's the next stage that this leads to a, a third pro team. John, your do you think that's likely? I think it's a, a reasonable, uh, a reasonable assumption. I think uh, you know, ultimately, we need more space for professional rugby players in Scotland. Uh, if this is one way to, as you say, test it out um, in a, a sensible and controlled manner, then yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, uh, I think part of the part of the issue we have as well, obviously, as you say, Aberdeen Asset Management had talked about bankrolling uh, or partially bankrolling a club. And that's gone very quiet since the since they passed that um, at, at the extraordinary general meeting. They passed the the bill where they can actually get external funding. That's gone very quiet from there. So I do wonder um, if that interest has cooled slightly. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know to be honest. So um, just just a 
uh, I thought. And it's all gone quiet in Worcester as well, Scotland's official third pro team. <laughs> yes, it has. Um, yeah, I think that was that, I think that was dead in the water from from day dot really. Um, given that the the PRL were going to have to sign that off, there was limited chance that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's give one of our pro spaces to a um, a rival nation, uh, not just our rival nation, one of the rival nations. Um, yeah, it was was never really going to happen. And I do wonder if it was maybe a wee bit of a a, a cheap shot from Dodson to try and uh, wind up his compatriots. Or do you think it was just an excuse for someone from the SRU to go down and reprimand Denton for his hair? Uh, that has to be done. I've I seen that monstrosity uh, in, in the video that was released today. Um, after, after people building this up to me, and yeah, it didn't disappoint. It is horrendous. It's not Ben Toulis, but it's horrendous. Um, the um, next bit of news we've got is um, we were asking this week, well, I was, um, suggestions of rugby teams as bands. That's because I decided that France France were the fall because of the ever-changing lineup and the uh, maniacal frontman, um, meaning that Bernard Laporte <laughs> is Marquis Smith. Um, did you guys get a chance to come up with any? Um, John, you said you would, you'd been hard at work. I, I spent most of my afternoon doing this, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm quite proud of some of these efforts. Go on then. Right. Well, first of all, right. So we'll go. We'll go with the home nation. We'll go with Scotland. So um, Scotland are professing to play the fastest brand of rugby in the world. So who better than Slayer to represent them, the fastest band in the world? Um, and just a wee fun fact. I've given fun facts for each of these as well. Like I say, I took took quite a lot of pride in this. Um, the song "Angel of Death" by Slayer. Um, the drummer Dave Lombardo actually manages to hit 210 beats per minute uh, at, at certain sections in the song, so that's fairly rapid. Good. Uh, Brody, did you come up with any? Um, yeah, I've got one for Scotland. I felt uh, Scotland were the Stone Roses. An early 90s heyday, threatening a huge comeback, but not actually quite delivering. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Simon Devon got in touch on Twitter and he said Scotland are take that nobody expected them to be good again um, I don't know who our Robbie is I was trying to work out who our Robbie was but I didn't get very far with that um, John what's your next one so I've gone with uh, South Africa um, and not necessarily a band but you know a musical act uh, we've gone with Mariah Carey um, so the theory behind this is they used to be popular now they're just inexplicably bad Um and Mariah's fun fact is she's had more number one hit singles than Elvis Presley. Oh, good fact. Um, I had England as Munford and Sons, uh, inexplicably successful despite being incredibly dull. Um, I went, I went with Ed Sheeran for England. Oh, for the same reason. Same reason. Good. Um, <laughs> I kind of went. Um, I went for. I couldn't think of a decent supergroup. I was kind of thinking of um, Audio Slave or uh, you know one of these sort of ones. But anyway, like the sum of their parts doesn't quite. Sort of reach the potential, if you know what I mean. Is it the Humble Bums? Who were the Humble Bums? The Humble Bums, yeah, that was uh, members of all sorts in the seventies, wasn't yeah. it? What was the one that Slash was in? Uh, uh, Velvet Revolver. Velvet That's Revolver. the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was, I was on a toss up between Velvet Revolver and Audio Slave to describe Toulon, uh, <laughs> a, a super group who were good for approximately three years and are now really, really bad. Um, we had Beaker on Twitter who said the All Blacks are you two very very good at what they do but hard to like which I thought was quite harsh on the All Blacks well you see I didn't go that bad with the All Blacks I went for Metallica I thought they've just got a brand they're popular they just get it done you know you can't really argue with it Um, I went go John no you go John I went went with uh, for New Zealand I went with Bros uh, just with uh, the the professional I uh, can't even find my words. The number of uh, Barretts and White Locks that they have in their squad, I think Bros kind of sums it up. Bros? Bros, yeah. Bro, bros. 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 <laughs> Axel Bros. Uh, Axel bros. <laughs> um, I had uh, Italy as Pavarotti dead. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. And Wales as Led Zeppelin, uh, 70s heyday, reinvented things, everybody loved them then, hate them now. I, I see, I had Wales as ACDC, which is just, they're good at what they do, but it's a bit one-dimensional. 
Yeah, okay, nice. And I went down that route as well, and actually, a wee play on words here, so I went with two unlimited, but I've just put the un in brackets and went two limited uh, for Wales uh, as a reference to their, uh, their their desire to play a, a new um, brand of rugby. Okay, nice. good, nice. Any others? Shall we um, move on? I came up with uh, Johnny Sexton as Badly Drawn Boy. Okay. Um <laughs> Because he looks like a child's drawing of Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> Very good. He actually looks. Have you? I don't. Well, um, you, you might not. I don't. Know if, um, your kids are, are uh, young enough. But uh, there's a TV program on CBeebies at the minute called Pablo, which is about a young autistic boy who can only communicate through his drawings. And the drawing of Pablo looks like Johnny Sexton. There you go. Yeah. Not only badly drawn, but badly drawn by an autistic boy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so if yeah, if, if anybody else has got, we I'm quite happy to keep this running or something. So any rugby players, rugby rugby teams as bands, musicians, we're um, quite happy to take your suggestions. Um, we did in other news. Um, Michael Davison on Twitter got in touch to say he'd seen Stephen Borthwick in Edinburgh Airport a couple of weeks ago wearing a wee monogrammed England rucksack had SB on it, uh, and he got a row for talking on his phone. Um, so I was wondering. I mean, what was he doing in Edinburgh? Um, I, know, I, bet, I bet the rucksack wasn't small. <laughs> it was just like adult size, but it just looked tiny. Well, I was I was trying to work, wonder if he was maybe like the world's the world's smallest spy. Well, maybe the, the world's crappiest spy. Yeah, the world's worst spy is walking around with a monogrammed a monogrammed rucksack on his bag on his back, um, trying to figure out what's going on in Edinburgh. Don't know what he'd be spying on. Nothing, nothing to see. Yeah. Well, if anybody knows what Steve Borthwick was doing in Edinburgh, do get in touch and let us know. Um, if anyone saw him with his monogram bag, um, let us know what he was doing in Edinburgh. Um, yeah, maybe try to work out who the, this uh, Murray McCallum character is. I maybe. <laughs> um, the other uh, dubious news that um, made me a little bit sick in my mouth this week um, is the rumour, um, and this is a genuine rumour, that James Haskell is coming to Glasgow. Um John, you're our regular Glasgow correspondent. Uh, can we have your thoughts on this? Yeah, so um, uh, <laughs> I, I, I seen this. I, I genuinely had to sense check the the rumor and stuff because I thought that is just absolute nonsense. Um, uh, given he's also been linked with Bristol, who have been linked with every player on the planet, um, that, we'll take it with a pinch of salt. But I think I think it's a dreadful idea if uh, James Haskell comes to Glasgow. Frankly, um, it, coming to the end of his inter- international career, he's um, a, a limited, if committed player. Um, so yeah, not not for me, I'm afraid. There's plenty of other experienced options out there that would would add more to the the Glasgow culture. I would say. Yeah, he's he's more brand now than machine. Um, the- <laughs> Uh, Brody, your thoughts on, on James Haskell to Glasgow? Is that a good thing? Yeah, I like this thought. I think it'd be hilarious. Can you imagine? We'd have, we'd have hours of fun. It'd yeah. be great. He'd be like coming on for 10 minutes and then coming off and standing at the edge of the pitch with like, you know, products of like his aftershave and his, you know, fitness DVDs and his whatever, you know, it'd be great. Well, honestly, it'd be hours of comedy gold. I'm well, quite up for it. Well, Rory was suggesting that um, we try and come up with a sitcom, a bit like I came up with the Warren Gatlin sitcom during the Lions, and I was thinking, um, I was thinking, what about Hask in the City? Where nice. got James Haskell's obviously Samantha, yeah. Ali Price as Carrie, Hugh Jones, yeah. Hugh Jones as Miranda. Think I, think I don't know. It's just some of his Instagram stories. He looks. He, he comes across as a bit of a carry. Um, uh, Hugh Jones is Miranda. Um, Brian Allen Oasey, obviously Charlotte, and um, and Finn is as big. Yeah, yeah. Well, someone's got to replace Finn as the you know the uh, clown, Glasgow, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, um, the, uh, you, none of you, neither of you will know this, but I was playing the Sex and the City theme underneath all that. So, um, <laughs> um, I also had to Google um, the, the names of the characters in uh, Sex and the City. Ah, sure, so. you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, any news from the two of you? Any rumours? Um, 
that you've heard. I mean, I've already read your great rumour that turned out to be true. I thought you were making that up, that Gary Armstrong was going to play for Stu Mill thirds, but it's been all over the internet. Yeah, he, he was there, and I think he's playing again this weekend. Um, we've got Edinburgh Northern Seconds in Inverleaf Park, and I believe Gary's going to play in that as well, but um, we'll see, we'll see. Thank Great, though. I think, it's, I think it's hilarious. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, is there any, uh, any rumours from you, John? No, it was just the the, the interesting sort of um, graphical slip on the Scotland squad announcement with young yep. Mr. Delacote, um missing, um, and Mr. Nathan Fowles completely out of out of place with everyone else, which uh, led to a bit of investigative journalism uh, being taken from quite a few people to see if uh, Velcott had been approached by uh, by Gregor. And I, I, I believe, I believe uh, that that did happen, and he turned us down. Yep, Jamie uh, Jamie Lyle, formerly of the blog, uh, confirmed that. I think he asked the direct question, and yeah, he's decided to pursue England honours. Yeah, it makes sense. I think there's been a lot of chatter around this, but it's a young guy who there's no guarantee of any sort of pro career up here, and he is more valuable to his, to his club down south just for the way they work down there. So fair play to him. That's, that's his decision, and fair play to him. I can understand it. And he played most of the under-20s behind George Horn anyway, so it's not like yeah, we've, missed, we've missed out on a first try. I'm sure he's very good, but he's quite, I mean, he's quite wee, he's quick, he probably suits our style of play, but it's not... I don't think we're necessarily short of decent nines coming through. Well, if Sammy Hidalgo Klein can't get a game for Scotland, you know, we're in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably, probably looking at a new... I was saying on Twitter, I think he's he's the new Tommaso Allen in that effect, as everybody's clamouring for him to be signed, but actually he'll probably turn out to be mediocre at best. I wonder whether he might change his name to Benjamin Velicott, in the same way Tommy Allen became Tommaso. <laughs> Benjamin, yeah. <laughs> as Eddie Butler would call him. <laughs> um, I've, I've realised recently that because I live quite close to Murrayfield, I'm basically in a bit of a Stella Street situation with the Edinburgh squad um, <laughs> in that I see them most days. Um, Callum Hunter-Hill was getting on my bus the other day. Um, uh, what's he called? Al Dickinson was walking his dog on the hill. I mean, I see them all quite a lot. And I've realised that Derek Lee lives about five or six houses down from me in former... Scott and Fullback, obviously. This, um, this is great yeah. for our for our for our uh, mundane rumours section, Brody. You'll be right in the heart of it. Oh, there's loads of it, loads and loads of it. But my favourite one, though, I've remembered this the other day when I was on my bike, um, was about well, it was when Al Kellett was playing for Edinburgh, which must be a good what eight to ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, I was cycling my bike on the cycle path, and I overtook someone on a corner. You know, don't do this, kids. And uh, Al Kellock was coming the other way on his bicycle, and he had a light on his head, which was a bit like the flashing light on top of Blackpool Tower. Because if you can imagine Al Kellock um, on top of a massive mountain bike, um, <laughs> yeah, I was terrified. And he, and he went in the bushes, and he, he swore at me, actually. He swore at you? <laughs> he's, blocked me he on, did, yeah. he's blocked me on Twitter, so um, yeah, it must, just be, must be like that. I think he's a very angry man. Yeah. No, I think no. when this airs, Brody, now you'll need to check your Twitter just to, uh, if you still have the Twitter, just to check if Al has, if he is listening. Um, he was the guy that nearly killed you, Al, and yeah, you're getting blocked. Um, I'd just like to formally apologise to Al Kellogg. <laughs> I'd like to apologise too. I don't know what I did, but I'd like to apologise. Um, any When you saw Al Dickinson walking his dog, uh, how did he look? Did he look, was he in pain at all? Is he? Did he look like he was... Um, no, he seemed fine. He was with his missus, I assume, and they were just kind of like pottering about on the hill. It was a nice day. Um, my dog and his dog kind of did that sniffy arse thing that dogs do, and then yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it was it was really really mundane. Perfect. Perfect. Well, when I saw um, I had a chat with Steve Laurie in the Nike store. We were both looking at oversized, um, inexpensive trainers as well. Nice. Good, good. Well, these are this is all the sort of stuff we want here. So, if anybody's got, if you've got any, um, if you've seen anybody out and about or rumours, um, Steve Laurie obviously investing in a pair of trainers there. Any anything at all. Um, Doogie Donnelly, uh, I can exclusive reveal, um, is currently in the far Middle East uh, covering golf tournaments at the minute. Um, that's uh, exclusive, exclusive news there. Um, we'll move on now, and uh, it's now time for this. Where's it gone? Here it is. This. Head, heart and arse. 
Yeah, it's time for our new section, uh, Head, Heart and Arse. Um, it, this comes off Alka, who came up with this in the early days of the blog um, for predictions and just general reviewing of how things went on. Uh, so Head is the sensible prediction, Heart is the emotional one, and Arse is the worst-case scenario. Um, we're going to look ahead now at the Six Nations. So, uh, Brody, your, your Head, Heart and Arse for the Six Nations. Head is England... Um, my heart is Scotland. Well, do you want me to explain or just say which ones? No, no, you can explain. Expand on it. Well, I don't know. I don't like this new section. I don't like change. <laughs> it's, it's, I, was, I was trying to could do. I was trying to think of a way of doing uh, things we learned without calling it things we learned. All right. Okay. So I think England will win it. My head prediction because their squad depth and they're just annoying. They, and they haven't got it. Well, according to Eddie Jones, they've got no squad depth. They're, they're struggling for players, England at the minute. Such a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, they're they're but, on the verge. They're on the verge of calling up um, somebody that couldn't get a game for Scotland in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but then you know, watch, it'll turn out to be absolutely amazing. Um, I just, yeah, I just think they're going to do it this year. I don't know why. I just got a feeling that they've got it. I'm actually watching them. I watched the Argentina games in the summer when they were on tour, and it was basically their B team, and they had some really, really good players coming through. And I just thought, you know what? They've got, they've got the depth now. They've got. There's no reason why they shouldn't win it. Put it that way. Yeah. And then your heart, you went Scotland. I did. Yeah. Um, I really hope we can do something this this time round. We've got an exciting brand of rugby, and you know we've got England and France at home. The crowd's invigorated. I just think, I just love it actually. Just absolutely love it if we could just win it. And then your ass um, is us not winning it and us finishing about fourth again. Um, because I don't think we've solved the plan B conundrum yet. I haven't actually seen a plan B yet. Um, the scrums could be an issue. We've got a tough opening and closing fixtures, and then the obviously well-documented fly half and prop weaknesses. Yeah, I think that's realistic. I think I my head was that we're looking at second or third, which is probably close to your arse. I think, I think Ireland on the road and England at home are probably the big sticking points. I think particularly Ireland on the road. Um, Wales away is probably doable in France at home and Italy away that should be a formality these days but I think that first game against Wales is probably going to be key I think if you don't win that then I think we're probably definitely looking at fourth I'm um, worried for the Wales game yeah John are you it's worried are you, are you a bit more positive than us You got more, what's your head heart and us? <laughs> so yeah head um, I, I think Unfortunately for me, I think Ireland are actually going to win it this year. Um, I think England are are a very, very good side. Um, but I have the absolute um, belief. I think we can cause them a proper upset at Murrayfield and um, cost them, just with the way the fixtures are this year, I think we could cause them problems and cost them uh, their title. So I think Ireland is the, the head. Uh, I think they're the, the best side in the, the tournament, actually, unfortunately. Um, Hart, I, I would chat much the same, Brody. I would, I would love, love Scotland. Just with the way we play, the brand of rugby we play, it's it's so good to watch. I, I love watching us. Even even when we're not winning, we're, we're trying things and we're running the ball. and It's just so exciting to watch. So I, re- I really hope... Um, we go really well. Um, unfortunately, arse. Um, I, I can see. Um, I've, I've got like, the ghost of 2010 creeping in here. I can see first game. Ten minutes in, Stuart McAnally goes down, clutching a, a calf muscle mm. on trots. 36-year-old Scott Lawson. Um, the the front row is decimated. Um, by the Welsh and our um, whippets out wide don't don't see ball. We take a tanking at Wales and then it's a long old tournament from there. Yeah. So that's uh, yeah, that's definitely an arse prediction, but um, it's one that could could well happen. Yeah, my my arse was was along the same lines. Was everyone gets injured and we end up calling up guys from the Premiership to play in the front row, or even worse, Mori Low. 
Yeah, that would be bad, wouldn't it? Yeah. The was other... he playing at the weekend? Uh, I don't think so. Was he? Was he? Oh, trainer? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think he was. I think he was playing for Exeter at the weekend. Was he? I came on. Yeah, I think he came on because I was looking, watching the game, obviously the Glasgow game, and I was thinking the boys must be looking across and thinking, oh yes, here we go. That's amazing. <laughs> What's Ed Calman doing these days? Good question. Yeah, he was. Was he? Did, Where did he, did he go? Did he go to Leeds or somewhere? Possibly. Did he not? Play? He played in that 2010 game, didn't he? Was that? Oh no, it was the one with Hoggy, and I think it's one Hoggy started where we. That was another one where we really shot props that year. Um, Is that not when Jeff Cross knocked himself out and dislocated both his knees? Where's possibly. Garth? Possibly. Let's get Garth back. Get, he's, re- he's retired. Ah, he's a doctor now. Yeah. Temporary. Yeah. Temporary. Yeah. Call him back for for one last hurrah. I've seen plenty of movies about it. It'll be fine. I think Chunk's, Chunk's probably still a good... Someone was calling for Chunk, I think, on Twitter earlier this week. <laughs> what is that? Chunk's a plumber. I know, but I'm sure, we should, I'm sure he could probably still do a shift for a couple of 20 minutes or so. Yeah, it'd be fine. Um, I said to my wife about... Uh, I, I, it was one of the posts, the Twitter post about Chunk, and I was saying how we'd had such a, a problem with props. And uh, my wife actually remembered for the, the first game we ever attended, within 33 seconds of kickoff, Chunk was punching someone. She was like, oh, you should have just said the guy that was punching people. <laughs> um, my other arse was that we win every game on for a grand slam and somehow capitulate to Italy in that last game. Well, it's possible. I know. Although I do fear for Italy. I think this is going to be a bad, bad tournament for them. Well, the two pro teams are doing well, but yeah, you just... Uh, um, how did they do in the autumn? Because I never really pay attention to Italy outside of the Six Nations. Um, it was probably a terrible thing to say, but um, they did... They, they they lost all the games in the autumn, did they? Well, I'm going to Google it to make some more knowledgeable. Carry on. I think they talk. did. I saw a couple of them. Yeah. Let's have a look. I tell you what, though. Um, have you seen this full band, uh, Jordan Lamore boy? Looks a prospect, doesn't he? My goodness. Oh, Jesus. He's right out of the hoggy mould. Like he's good. Yeah, yeah, he um, good. Might be a bit of a tournament too early, but he is dynamite. Yeah, I think th- yeah, seen him in Europe um, two weeks ago. He's absolutely phenomenal runner with the ball, unreal. His handling, everything, his anticipation, he's he's real. Yeah, well, Rob 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 Howley's now claiming. Um, six, I think he he's responsible for Scarlets playing an offloading game because in 2016 apparently they came back from that uh, New Zealand tour and got all the regional coaches and said we want your front five forwards to start offloading and passing more. So don't, if that's true, if true, I mean, we've not seen any sign of that from Wales so far, but if true, then yeah, we could see, it would it could be quite a high-scoring, entertaining tournament. If everything but that on. sounds quite an outlandish claim. It's like the Hibs fan the other day was telling me that Hibs, what was he saying? Hibs taught the Brazil team of the 70s how to play football. <laughs> Apparently there was a Hibs tour in 1950 where they took a boat to Brazil. Right. And they taught all the locals how to play football. And then, you know, obviously, they then became Pele and Jorginho and whatever. So, yeah, that was quite an outlandish claim. So what you're saying, Brody, is that it's as believable that Hibs taught Brazil how to play football as Rob Howley teaching backs how to actually play yeah, yeah. There was no, this front five. Front five. Front five. There was this Hello. other. There was there was another great quote in the Rob Howley bit where he said, "I know Gregor Townsend very well. Him and his him and his wife came to uh, my wedding, and it just it was one of those things that sounded like a schoolyard boast, like it never actually happened." Like, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, yeah, I know Gregor Townsend. He came to my wedding. It's like, did he, Rob? Do you really? Are you married? Uh, <laughs> did your wedding actually happen? That reminds me of Alan Partridge and Bill Oddie. <laughs> or yeah. uh, who was the other one who was always claiming to know? Roger Moore, wasn't it? Yeah. I wish to imagine Rob, Rob Howley stood in the Murrayfield um, car, car box seeing Gregor Townsend going, Gregor! 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 He's not seeing me. Before standing on a screen. Gregor! Yeah. <laughs> I wish you'd put a shout out to Rob Howley just saying, Peck, sort of didn't happen, mate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we want. Rob, Rob, if you're listening, or Gregor, even if you've got photos of Gregor Townsend at your wedding, uh, please send us to them. Otherwise, that definitely didn't happen. Um, <laughs> on on the Italy front, uh, Italy beat Fiji nineteen ten, um, and then they lost to Argentina thirty one fifteen, and oh, they lost to South Africa thirty five six. So That's embarrassing. yeah, yeah, especially given South Africa's tour. Um, so yeah, you're probably right, Brody. Probably not looking. I mean, the the two pro teams are going okay, but 
yeah, it is worrying for them um, because they've been quite consistently bad the last few tournaments. They're somewhere ridiculously way down. They're they're below Georgia, I think, in the world rankings now. Hmm. Imagine what happens when Pariso retires. Oh God, it's not worth thinking. Well, it is worth thinking about. Um, he was play- I saw him, he I, he wasn't that great the other night at Stad for Stad. I didn't think against Edinburgh. He sort of came on and did his normal effort. I'll do it myself. Sort of throwing yeah. himself into every tackle, but he wasn't particularly. Um, I think he's particularly brilliant. He's sort of off his best. Um, yeah. So uh, the lad to the uh, Treviso, uh, I think it's Treviso anyway. The, the big number eight they've got just now looks like the definitely looks like the heir apparent to Parisi. He's uh, he's a, a, a big big ball of uh, wrecking. Um, he looked really good against Glasgow last time he played. Oh well, one to watch there. Who's what? Do you know his name, John? So we can all pick him in our fantasy league. Absolutely not. No, because I've got them in mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that note, we are now going to do this. Yeah, it's time to talk about our fantasy league again. So, um, no apologies for that jingle coming back and getting all into your heads again. Um, we're going to be doing the usual Super Brew Fantasy League during the Six Nations. Um, there'll be information up on the blog shortly about how to join, um, and we'll cover it on the podcast. Uh, especially how bad we're all doing because we're all terribly terrible. Um, Brody and John, you you signing up? John, you've got that the big Italian that you're not going to tell us about in your squad. Oh yeah, I've, I've been doing. A, I've got fifteen spreadsheets on the go just now, just just turning the possibilities. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, that, I'm taking this seriously, guys. Okay, Brody, are you taking it seriously this year? This year? Are you actually going to remember to do your transfers? Well, I'm going to try and remember to do my transfers, but most importantly, what I'm going to do is really concentrate very hard, pick the best possible team. I think, as I do every year, and then I'm going to look at it and pick the opposite. Okay. <laughs> because I'm utter, utter cack at this. Yeah, I, I normally end up mid-table. I've no idea how the guys higher up do it. I, I, probably because I spend more time trying to think of a good name for the team than anything else. That's that's the other thing. The, the Super Brew does pick random names for you, which are, are semi-humorous, sort of humorous, but we do like you to pick your own team names and it will, we'll read out a selection of the best every week. Um I've gone with uh, Doogie Donnelly's Disco, I think. Yeah, I think I went with that. Um, John, have you named your team yet? I have not named my uh, crack side yet. Um, that, that, that will come. Brody, have you, you come up with anything? I haven't yet. I'm so woeful at it. I can't even work out how to change my team name. That's how bad <laughs> I am at fantasy league rugby. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just dreadful. I think I'm, I might even just do one of those random generators, just give me a team. But, I mean, last year I was getting beaten by guys who hadn't changed their team for four matches and stuff. There was injured guys <laughs> in their team, and I still had less points than them. It was just dreadful. Right, so, yeah, keep an eye on the blog, and there'll be information uh, about um, how to join up shortly, uh, and then we'll keep keep an eye on it uh, through the podcast during the tournament as well. Uh, but now it's time for this. Time for hands in the ruck or any other business section of the podcast. Um, Brody, do you want to go first? What's had its hands in your ruck since the last podcast? Right, well, this is a popular one, and it comes up again and again, and it's about congratulating front rows when scrums are scrum penalties are won. Right. And I was watching. What was I watching the other day? It was Leinster Ulster, and there was a scrum, and there was a blatant slip, and. The ref gave a penalty, and there was all these, you know, sort of the scrum half and the, you know, the winger and stuff are running in and slapping like the guys on the back and saying "well done" and stuff. And you're thinking that's a complete lottery. That is a complete and utter lottery in there. Yes, he stayed on his feet. The opposite is the guys opposite. The numbers have obviously stayed on their feet. The other guys slipped or whatever. But you know, it's almost like you go into the front row, you bind down. And anything can happen, really. The golden rule is you go and you try something once. If it works, you don't try it twice. If it doesn't work, you try something else. It's just, it's constantly changing. There's different personnel coming in. 
Uh, and you never really get this sort of sense that you could win the scrum penalty just for being a better prop than the other prop. Did did anybody slap anybody on the ass? There was a lot of that. There was a lot of ruffling of hair. There was sort of, you know, oh, I don't know. It was just a bit kind of, you know, like really overexcited centre who's run like 25 metres <laughs> or whatever and come running in and just on this kind of high five that's missed and ended up slapping the hooker on the back of the head or whatever. And you just go, just get back in position and stop pretending you know what's going on. <laughs> uh, John, what's, what's had its hands in your rock this week? Um. It was actually I'd seen a few comments on the blog about it as well. Um, the 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 hypercritical, uh, hypercritical. I'd say that's probably a stretch, but the criticism of Mr. Hugh Jones has has got my my hackles up a wee bit. Um, yeah, he can't defend a, apparently. He can't defend. Yeah, he's come from tackle optional rugby, um, which yeah, I mean, his <laughs> defence isn't isn't really. Been, it hasn't been great since he's joined Glasgow, to be fair. But I think the point was made. He's played for three, if not four, teams in the space of approximately nine months. So uh, that's four different defensive systems, most likely. Um, he's also played pretty consistently for about six, seven months now, um, without a break. He... Um, he also has an international try scoring record of seven tries in eleven games or something ridiculous. Which, if like you guys, you guys well remember the the the, the foul years of you know seven tries every four six nations. Um, it, he's he's a phenomenal attacking talent, and he'll be managed well at Glasgow. And it, yeah, he hasn't hit the ground running, but I think. The ridiculous criticism from some people is, but it's way over the top. Maybe, maybe Johnny needs to be more like Graham Morrison. Maybe that's the that's the problem. I think that's what's needed. I think he needs to bulk up, um, probably put four stone on, drink drink lots of lattes, and just straighten up. Um, none of this fancy like angles or lines or anything. No, no, that's that's for Hoggy and Seymour. Just straighten up, Jonesy, straight through the middle, son. <laughs> you have to remember as well that. Dan Parks tackling. <laughs> yeah, it actually got worse as his career went on, and he had a great career. <laughs> so true. So he was true. drunk, and he couldn't tackle, <laughs> and he still had a great career. I mean, Hugh Jones. How old is he? Was he twenty three, twenty four, or something? Twenty three. Yeah. Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. And if not, he can always get uh, Bernard Stortoni to come in and do his tackling for him. I mean, I think it was interesting watching Hogg um, at the weekend there, who, who this accusation's been levelled at hundreds of times. Oh, he can't tackle, he can't take the ball in the air, blah, blah, blah. And he had four one-up tackles, last-man tackles at the weekend. And he made them all, stuck them all, and he looked very comfortable doing it. It's an area of his game he's clearly worked on. And Hogg, he can tackle, he just can't stop the impulse to punch the player on the deck after he's done it. That's the main problem with him. It's just complete impulse control. He's been in Glasgow for a wee while, mate. That's kind of just standard behaviour, really. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we've mentioned... Jones Hill, there, We've mentioned Hog about five times now, so that means he's going to pop up on our Twitters now and start atting us. That's right, yeah, yeah. uh, That's if John Barclay doesn't scare him to death before Yeah, Yeah. Or he doesn't get trolled again by the entire town of North Berwick. (laughs) They they have to be fair that that's someone else's the, the entire town of North Berwick have blocked me. Ah, yeah. Does that um, mean you're not actually allowed in the sphere, the digital sphere of North Berwick? Yeah, I'm not allowed. I, I, my my access rights have been revoked for the um, the town computer, so I'm not allowed on it anymore. Al Kellogg, secretly the mayor. Of Possibly, North that that would explain that would explain a lot. Um, I forgot before I do mine. Um, there's a couple of updates we've had. Um, we heard a rumour um, that, well, Alex Dunbar's definitely in the training camp, so um, there was a bit of a worry about him uh, after the Glasgow game. Uh, but we've heard a rumour um, that it's an HIA, that he's, he's undergoing return-to-play protocols uh, following a head knock, so hopefully he'll be back. Um, sadly, David Denton's still recovering from that case of bad hair. Um, that looks terminal. Um, but everybody else, I think, is, is fitting, fitting well. Um, from what we from what we know, um, George Turner's out. George Turner's out. Oh yes, you're right. George Turner's out. So yeah, it looks likely that we will see the return of um, Sloth 
to uh, to the front row um, at some point in that Wales game. Then um, Neil Cochran's replaced George Turner, hasn't he? Yeah, has he? He's been called up in place of yeah Turner. So who have Ember actually got left in the front row? Is 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 Cockerell going to have to actually get his boots out at this point? Well, I saw a guy called Shields coming on in the uh, 1872 Cup, and I was like, oh, it's Grant Shields. It wasn't even him. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else. It looked like Mike or Matt or something. I was like, who's that? <laughs> He's, um, Grant, well, Grant Shields is playing for, for Melrose, I think, quite regularly now. I thought he was at London Scottish. I lose track. No, no, he's back. He's back. Well, I thought he was at London Scottish too. He scored a cracking try last season. Um, Does he know who he scored for or what end? Or I don't know. He he was. He's well. He's playing for Melrose now. So um, yeah, you can't think he's that far away from a call up for Edinburgh given the state of their front row at the minute. Um, well, that's good. I mean, if he stays in Arrows, he'll be playing in a professional team within three years through the uh, super, <laughs> through the Super Six back door. <laughs> That was his plan all along. Yeah, properly. Well, that's what we need. We need what? What we should have prop star. That's what we need. Um, some sort of judging panel. Actually, instead of the Super Six, we'll have prop star, where guys just have to turn up and hit a scrummaging machine consistently, and then they get a pro contract. Well, speaking of props, okay, so you've got Xander Ferguson, you've got his younger brothers at Matt. Yep. Yeah. And there's another Ferguson brother. There is, yes. Who, who's equally large, the apparently. Of all of them. Is he? But turned down the chance to go pro, this is a rumour, to go to London to be a professional oboist. Oboe player. This no. is not a smarty joke, I swear down. That's... <laughs> <laughs> he has gone to some university in London to be a classically trained musician. Of all the instruments to play I know. and be that I know. size, can you imagine? I mean, imagine his, uh, imagine his fingers. How is he... <laughs> it's a prop. They must be like Richmond sausages. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be all he's gonna be able to do is play chords on that oboe. I don't know. You'll <laughs> have to just slap it or something. <laughs> play I'm not, the... I'm not really up, up on the, the slap uh, oboe. The slap um, oboe, yeah. Yeah, it's a new style. Hang on. I, I think I, all I, the kids I might have a. Yeah, I don't think I have. I was going to see if I had had the slap obo um, anywhere on my uh, my box of music tricks, uh, but I don't. At least play the tuba, man, for God's sake, Joe. It must look like a ukulele. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's hiding. Yeah. Can you imagine the food bill in that family? Oh, just, just imagine. Well, that's probably that's why they've had to send them off to work. To I don't know. Maybe you yeah, earn my money as a professional oboist. Maybe well. Hang on, I haven't got, I haven't got more caps for Scotland. Who knows? <laughs> but there's a little bit of slap bass there in the background from the Seinfeld theme tune. That's the best I can do for slap oh, oboe. Nice. Is, is that? Um, okay, this is well, level forty-two. <laughs> well, we wish, we wish uh, the junior Ferguson all the best with his oboeing. Um, if, 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 if he's uh, interested and wants to come on the pod to talk about that, we're more than happy to do that. Um, Equally, if he's interested and wants to play rugby again, Edinburgh have got a vacancy in the front row. Even you know, yeah, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would allow him to continue at part time at least. Absolutely, is oboist the word? I think so. I play in a wind band. I should know. I don't really pay attention to the. I play tuba. I don't pay attention to the woodwinds. They're not real instruments. Right. Um, you tell that to giant figures. <laughs> will do. It's a ridiculous, a ridiculous instrument to choose. <laughs> Why are there not are there not orchestras in Glasgow and Edinburgh? Can we not? Is this the, the you know Tory arts cuts or something that means he has to move to I London? It's the only orchestra maybe now. He, maybe he uses the oboe as a spoon. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, we'll move on then. My um, hands in the ruck was going to be um, a way of pushing my article on um, behaviour in rugby. Um, where our survey came back and just said that basically um, it's not looking good. Um, people, the, a, a large portion of well. A minority of people who came and said, 67%, I think, of people who said they'd experienced negative behaviour in rugby said they weren't prepared to speak out. And about 55% of people that um, responded to the survey said they had been um, exposed to negative and unacceptable behaviour in rugby. Uh, and then there was the Bastero incident um, where he um, issued, um, sort of used homophobic language at an opponent. Um, and that was going to be my hands in the rock until Stuart Barnes... Um, decided to um, write in his column in the Times this weekend. And I'll stress, I didn't buy it. I snuck into Morrison's and took a photo of it on my phone. 
Um, just so I could read what he'd said. <laughs> You're so barrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was coming back home on the train and I went to the Smiths and Leeds station and it, the Times in there was covered in plastic so I, couldn't, I didn't open it in case they charged me for it. So then when I got home, I went to the local um, Morrison's to get some petrol. I thought, I'll nip in here, see, what, see if the Times are wrapped up here and they weren't, so I just I found the article and took a photo of it. Um, but um, yeah, that Stuart Barnes article is, uh, it's as partridge as you get, um, basically arguing that Bast what Basra said wasn't bad. Um, we should all take a minute to think uh, and ponder. What is it? Ponder the complexities of life. Um, we don't know, for example, postured Stuart Barnes, whether or not Bastero himself might be gay, in which case that language is apparently fine. Uh, and we've no idea whether the guy who he was aiming at, which is, is it that Irish guy that plays in Italy with the glasses? I can't remember who uh, it was. Yeah, Ian, Ian Ke- Kinley. K- uh, McKinley. McKinley, Ian McKinley. Um, apparently, we don't, we don't know whether he might be, um, I think in the words Stuart Barnes was, gay, straight or otherwise, um, as he put it. So, um, yep. Uh, Stuart Barnes also confessed that he was once accidentally racist um, and therefore it's, uh, that was probably what Bastero was being as well. Um, oh, what a car crash. I know. <laughs> There's sub-editors must just be like, oh my god. Just, I, I don't... <laughs> Call the liars. <laughs> but the thing is, with the, there are no such things as sub-editors anymore, which is probably why it got no, through, true. yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that I found out as well this week, apparently, is that, that Bastero's um, defence in all of this is, I heard my English teammates using the uh, phrase, and the... Uh, is it the EPCR or the EP, the European Rugby anyway, their response to that was to, rather than going, oh my God, that's horrendous that everybody at Toulon uh, is using homophobic language, was to say, oh, okay, then you can have three weeks off your, <laughs> off your tariff. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, so that got me thinking uh, about a new section called Thought for the Day with Stuart Barnes. Um, so so this, is, this is Thought for the Day with, with Stuart Barnes. Live and let live, that's what I say. We had one down the golf club called John, but he didn't rub it in your face. Not like the ones on TV like that Alan Carr. And another thing, what happened to gollywogs? My aunt used to have a lovely collection of the little fellows, but they're not PC now either. It's health and safety gone mad. Uh, that was uh, thought for the day there with Stuart Barnes. Next week, black women can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I watched Stuart Barnes in the press room in Murrayfield to try to turn a television on. So um, it, it was a spectacular example of a man who clearly is an idiot. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is all supporting evidence. Uh, that's probably it for us this week. Uh, John and Brody, anything anything to add? I just wanted to throw a comment of the weekend quickly. Yep. From um, It's from our good friend FF, who's a, a contributor and a very... Um, valuable one and it's on Scrummo's piece on, on the um, Scotland squad so he's written Wales are formidable in Cardiff and beating them would be a huge achievement their worries are almost a photo negative of ours they are most concerned with locks centres and back three due to injuries we're most worried about the front row and back up halfbacks it will be a fascinating game looks like North may be straight in from injury to centre that's a huge chink in their defence also murmurings that Steph Evans is not ready for test level and makes a lot of mistakes so opportunities will be there Will Wales play the Scarlet template or try to exploit our set-piece weaknesses? I just thought that was a really good bit of analysis. Yeah, that's a good spot on that. Um, uh, if you are interested in writing longer comments, because we've now got a limit on the length of comments you can leave, you can get in touch um, with Rory, who is always looking for articles, and uh, you can email rory at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, um, which is how we picked up Scrummo's article. Um, so if you want to contribute to the blog, do get in touch. Um, John, do you pick up anything on the blog? Uh, there was uh, it was a couple of comments around uh, around the Hugh Jones stuff again that sort of triggered me. Um, that's that's kind <laughs> triggered of, you. Do we put what do we put, do we put warnings yeah. on the site now? If so, this, 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 Bruce Brat banner of me really. Can I? Uh, can we just put a public service announcement? If you are going to make negative comments about Hugh Jones, please can you put a trigger warning for John at the top of them? <laughs> but uh, the the thought I wanted to leave leave us on guys and this might actually give you a nice outro here Cammy, for your music Good. was uh, one last band um, uh, you know one last band and with the news today that Steve Tandy has been fired by the Ospreys I think they, they are a worthy uh, choice so we'll give, give the Ospreys they are actually D-Ream uh, with the theme tune things can only get better lovely that's fine um, I haven't I've, I've just I've just put the uh, theme from uh your song underneath that just because I thought it sounds sadder um, 
in the state of the Ospreys. Um, anyway, that's so I'll leave that. I'll leave that running um, as we as we go. Um, it's been uh, a great episode. We'll be back next week um, to preview the Wales match. Um, I don't know who's going to be joining me. We'll work that out in the week at some point. Um, but for now, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from uh, John and Brody. Goodbye. Goodbye. for getting this far um just to confirm we have checked and uh yes uh it does count for world rankings points um if uh for the wales scotland game that's coming up um wales actually um ended up in the group of death in 2015 um world cup when they lost their fourth test to australia and dropped down the rankings so um yeah uh and well done if you have managed to listen uh this far and get through it all um thanks for joining us and uh, big shout out to um old generalist um on twitter who got in touch to say that he listens to the podcast as he's traveling around so um yeah get in touch and let us know where you listen to the podcast uh podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk um at scottrugbyblog on twitter uh, and we'll see you next week